0: Today's podcast is sponsored by our amazing friends over at Adorama. Adorama is one of the best electronic retailers specializing in photo and video equipment. They also have a rad blog and video series highlighting content creators called Through the Lens, which you can find on their YouTube channel. We've partnered with Adorama to offer free education through the AOV Academy. So head over to AOVacademy.com for free online courses in photo and video. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the AOV Podcast. My name is Prince, and I am your host. Today's guest is Jared Lamont. He is currently in Vietnam, just outside of the Chinese border, and he is an incredible artist and guy with the camera. He's an old-school cowboy, and uh, <laughs> I, <Christ>. I, I, <laughs>
1: <laughs> I got—what'd sounds- you say? I said sounds about
0: right dude run and gun yeah run and gun cowboy right here uh welcome to the show brother
1: yeah thank you man stoked stoked to be here
0: i'm stoked to have you dude i love this so i'm talking to Jared right now you guys can't see us but he's like he's in like some dark room smoking a smoking a grit or a dart whatever you guys want to call it and uh, uh, and it's it's such a scene i i, yeah, I feel like i'm talking to a, a movie character right now this is so exciting
1: yeah. Dude, we're, I'm I'm filming right now, man. We're, we're cameras rolling, bro. <laughs>
0: this is amazing. Tell me a little bit more about yourself, man. Let us know.
1: Wow. Yeah, man. Born in San Francisco, grew up in the Bay Area. Have had a ton of past lives. Actually, used to be a computer programmer for quite some time, and then, uh, wow. I guess I sort of got really burnt out on kind of getting caught up in in doing what I thought was expected of me and, and sort of following a lot of convention in Western culture and, and like where we're from. And then uh I, I ended up actually out in Paris. I was only supposed to be gone 30 days and I was gone about 10 months. And during that time I I was living in Paris and I had been gone five months. And I was like, I really have an urge to create video. I did it once or twice, and it was just like so natural and so it was just like an amazing way to express my imagination. And I was like, okay. And I bought a very basic DSLR on a credit card, and uh, and and just started. I shot a few thousand photos like in the first few days, and was just sort of hooked. Mm-hmm just running around the streets of Paris and then kind of slowly, you know, right? I, I met somebody who taught me how to shoot on manual and just kept learning a little bit, a little bit. And uh, that was where I really first got into, that was where I got this exposure to a camera and was like, wow, like I had this amazing tool to now express myself. And then it's just been an evolution since that. And that was about three years ago. So,
0: okay, yeah. Dude, that's really interesting. Let me, before we really get into your story and stuff, let me ask you, like, what are you you searching for? Nothing. So what are you doing?
1: (laughs) Telling stories. Why? I think I get so much, like, natural. I don't know, man. Actually, I I would say it's like, I, I don't actually think about storytelling too much. I think about just being, like, the best version of myself. And I i didn't ever want to get into filmmaking or any of this, to be honest. And mm-hmm. I just find that it's, like, the best way for me to communicate. And uh, it's, like, my way of, I guess, trying to make a difference. I don't know.
0: Yeah. I dig that. I respect that. It's – you just – you seem to be on an interesting journey. and Yeah. So I'm, you know, I'm just, it's, you know, when you started out talking about, you know, only knowing this and that from the Western world, you were burnt out on work. And it sounded like you just kind of taken the path of the man. And to me, it almost sounded like you're reversing your domestication. Like, you know, I grew up this domesticated American and, and now I'm out in the world and I decided to to stay out here and I'm learning how to become more natural and wild again and finding myself out here, creating art and telling stories and just doing my thing.
1: Dude, yeah, that's that's a very interesting perspective on it cuz I feel that being exposed to different cultures, like right now I'm in a communist country and I'm I'm you know, I'm at a point where I'm like what is communism? Like <laughs> like like people here are very friendly and very welcoming. I went for a run this morning and um you know, you know, people sometimes look at someone like me cuz I stand out here. And, you know, I'm running by chicken on the street and guys looking at chicken. That's for lunch or breakfast or something. And uh, a guy's like staring at me, just like fixated on me as I run. I wave hello. And later I turn around and like he's like waving at me, signaling for me. And I I, I go over and uh, he invites me inside to the storefront with I walk in and it's like a motorbike shop. And uh, there's like these two old. Vietnamese guys sitting down on these tiny blue chairs and they're having tea. And he sit, asks me to sit down in Vietnamese or whatever. I sit down and he offers me tea. He offers me a tiny little Vietnamese cigarette. I take it and he starts trying to speak to me in Vietnamese. And I tell him, like, I'm speaking English. I'm like, I, I don't speak Vietnamese. I only speak a few words. So I'm like, you know, come on and xin, xin chào, like just saying hello and stuff like that. And then he realizes, and so I end up, they carry on with their conversation, and I just sit there, and we're just, like, smiling at each other, using body language like he's filling up my cup. And uh, it was just, like, a really nice interaction, and and we didn't even, all we did was communicate with our bodies, and, like, I just felt so welcome and so friendly, and, like, that's the point of one-way tickets, actually, is, I just am trying to show the world that people aren't so different on a fundamental level. And that's why I'm trying to go into like deep into culture and into these kind of undocumented places like these tiny villages where you can't even speak the same language. But we do speak the same language just because we're both human and like we can appreciate each other and it's like simple things like that like I find that the Vietnamese are like very friendly and like they'll like give you a hug for like no reason and give you a pat on the back and like you just can tell like they're like being affectionate towards you and it's it's really cool it's really refreshing
0: no that's definitely that's definitely interesting and I'm excited to to get more into your story and more into the one-way ticket film but to start Let's take a step back. So 10 countries, one guy volunteering around the world, working for food and shelter and making a movie about it. Let's talk about that. Yeah. Where, how far, you know, what is, the, what is the vision for the film and how far are you into the journey? Wow. It's snowing here, by the way.
1: Is it? <laughs> well, yeah. it's, it's, it's raining here. <laughs> Again, the vision is to unify people, right. and I'm I'm doing that through volunteer travel. So I'm basically giving my time uh, and working different kinds of jobs. I've worked everything from bartender at a hostel where I was also doing some content for them in Bali, and then I was in super deep jungle of rural Malaysia, northern Malaysia, working on an organic rice paddy where I... That was where I just came from before Nam. And that was, like... I I don't even know how to describe that. Like, I was... There was no internet there. It was in the middle of the jungle. And it was run by this ex-Special Forces guy um, called the Captain. And he was about 50... And he was a real cowboy, like a real jungle cowboy. I mean, he just had a machete, he wore camo every day. Uh, he was in the military for 15 years, so. And he worked every day. He, um, he never took an off day. They call it arichuti, that means off day. And uh, he told me he never takes an off day and he's a very religious man. And like, so he has Friday prayers, Muslim. And he says like, that's his off day, just a couple hours to go to the mosque. And then he comes back to the farm and he keeps working because he told me that, uh, that's like what leaders do. You know, they, they lead by action. And, um, I learned a lot from him, you know, he, uh, I didn't have a father figure growing up. So he, I, it was always sort of a foreign thing to me, mm-hmm. like this kind of male relationship. And he sort of, I guess, gave me the opportunity to a- appreciate that sort of thing. And, uh, yeah, he's a really generous guy, he opened his home up to thousands of people over the last like eight years. And um they just treat you like family man. And and that's why I love this form of travel, because you're meeting people, you're you're becoming a part of the family, and uh you're volunteering and you're learning about how someone lives their life, essentially. And um it's it's interesting because it's like two strangers giving trust towards each other and that act in itself is, is kind of special. So yeah, the world isn't bad, man. The world's a great place and I love people.
0: <laughs> no, absolutely. So. I'm curious. You're, you you had brought up learning. What, what do yeah. you think you've learned? What has travel thus far taught you? What has this most recent journey taught you so far?
1: Hmm. On a <laughs> well, tra- it's a good one, bro. Well, you
0: know, travels like the biggest. It's
1: like the greatest teacher, right? It's just people, man. It's just people. Like getting getting the opportunity to spend time with people that I know nothing about, and have, everybody has a story. And like, it's 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 like when someone opens up and shares their story with me, and like we have this like very deep bond and like connection. That's that's kind of what I. I just love learning about people and, uh, different ways of life. And, and, and also I think this kind of travel, it's so unpredictable, you know, it, it, it reminds me to not take life so seriously. I think that's like the big takeaways is like, life's going to throw a ton of shit at you and a ton of curveballs, And like, you're going to have to jump through a ton of fires just to figure stuff out. And I mean, dude, I don't know what I'm doing. Like this is, I've only made two short films and And I'm trying to make a feature length documentary narrative documentary and and uh I think that's kind of the the other thing that I've learned is like you don't have to have it all figured out um, you just need to be willing and 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 willing to fail and willing to compromise because often if if you may be like trying to perfect and and that just doesn't really work or that'll that'll sort of prevent or prevent you from progressing i think so
0: yeah yeah it's like what they say you know perfection will cripple anyone especially artists it makes it really hard for them to start because they want everything to be so perfect yeah but yeah no that's dude that's 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 really awesome i i really admire what you do and i think one thing that you you know May have left out there is, is, is courage. Like, yeah, you you need to be willing to fail, and but that doesn't mean you, you're gonna fail, you know. And uh, more than anything, I think it takes courage. Most people don't have enough courage to to just go out and and try to do something new. You know, they want to overthink everything, and, and, and therefore let you know, a lot of times we cover up perfection with fear, you know, and we tell people it's because, Oh, you know, I just want it to be perfect. That's not at all true. It's just, you're afraid to go out and actually do the thing. So you cover it up with this. I'm a perfectionist, uh, mentality. And so it's really beautiful to just see that, uh, you're like, I've only shot two films and I'm just going for it because the reality is, uh, you can do anything. And if you shot two films then that's, that's, Two films. And then so why wouldn't you just be able to go straight to a feature film uh, or whatever it is? I think you can do anything you want. And I think some people are gifted, you know, and, and we'll find out, I guess, when the film comes out, how, you know, how good it is. Right. But, yeah, good, man. Yeah, but, but, but 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 how good the film is has nothing to do with whether you've shot 150 films or, or one. Sure. you know, you might be a natural born storyteller. And so you definitely have the courage. So I'm excited to see if you have the visuals. It's from your Instagram. I haven't really watched any of the videos, but I've loved looking through the photo series and stuff. And I really like your style. And so if it's anything like that, I'm sure it's going to be great. And you're, you know, you're an <laughs> awesome being awesome person. So I'm excited. So what, what is the what's been the most interesting thing that's happened so far on your journey mm. oh wow
1: <laughs> okay any love uh, you find love out there bro there's been some interesting encounters yeah for yeah. sure you can kind of get a little bit romantic on the road with with people and then i don't know it's like kind of find that you're both in similar spaces of like um uh, exploration but you know the timing of life and sort of like how you may cross paths with someone out there mm-hmm. and then it's like you know they're from a totally different country and then I don't know it's interesting though like the world feels a lot smaller because of all this like yeah I don't know it just like a lot feels more like within reach and I don't I, I shouldn't say like countries are limiting, but there's a nice French girl out there. I'm not gonna say her name, but she, she would know um if she heard this podcast.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's beautiful, man. So back to the question before I asked you about love on top of that. Yeah. I was just curious, like you've you've had quite the journey this far, like what's been the most interesting moment?
1: Yeah you want something just like super? I got I got something super super wacky and like super super wild, and I also got something like, hmm, like just like very, very personal. Let's, yeah.
0: Let's, let's go through both. Let's start with the wacky and wild, and then let's let's. Okay, let's so wacky,
1: and wacky, and wild. So, I fucking barely made it to Nam, to be honest. Like. I, I thought I was trapped in Malaysia. I missed my first flight because I didn't have my visa handled. Um, I thought I could get it on arrival in, in Vietnam. Um, that wasn't the case. Uh, luckily I had a friend in Kuala Lumpur where I was able to crash with them for one night and then they were out and uh, the next day I had to get everything sorted and basically it was like, OK, I got my visa. I thought I was going to be sleeping at the airport, but again, my friends were there, so. I went to Vietnam two days later, and basically I showed up to Nam, and all of a sudden the guy who I was going to be volunteering for wasn't responding because I had postponed my stuff, and I got kind of concerned, and I knew this work was unpredictable. And then I take, like, a seven-hour bus because he says, you're good to go. I arrive late at night, and and immediately the next day he's like, hey, we have this crazy... um, you know, indigenous ceremony, reburial. Uh, would you like to go? And I was like, I'm in. He was like, yeah, we have to go right now. So I get in the car with him and his, his friend and these two German girls. We go to a family friends of his, and we walk in and there's just like 10 chickens tied up in a rope, like dead, skinned, hanging from the wall, like ready to go for eat. And I was just like, okay, like, by the way, Vietnamese will eat anything. They they will literally eat anything from dog to like venomous snakes. So just to give you a little background. And uh, this woman's house that I'm now staying at for the night is actually a Ho Chi Minh shrine. So her entire house, every room of the house there's pictures of Ho Chi Minh. There's dollar bills of Ho Chi Minh. There's photos of Ho Chi Minh in like battle and signing papers and there's photos of her and she's saying she's a medium and that like Ho Chi Minh communicates with her and she's looking at like images of like motion blur in her hands and she keeps pointing at her hands like you see like Ho Chi Minh Ho Chi Minh this is all in Vietnamese. So no English. So she's just like body language. Mm -hmm. And, um, that's where I ended up sleeping that night. And (laughs) it was just like the most bizarre thing, man, that she had written poems about this guy, written a book. She even went to jail for two years, um, because the government was like worried about what she was promoting. And, and then they ended up letting her go and then sponsoring her, which was kind of interesting, but she was really kind. And, you know, she was letting me sleep in her house for the night. And then the next day we went to this reburial. So these people didn't have enough money and they didn't have, because basically this death was sudden for this reburial. So they didn't have any money. And then four years they waited when they had the money to have, like, this proper ceremony. So they had to dig up this this guy and this, this dead guy in this box and rebury him. And uh, they they burn, like, paper horses, paper money, American money. Like, it's crazy. Like, they're trying to—it's for, like, good fortune in the afterlife. And basically they told me this religion is, like, something between Taoist and Buddhist. Mm-hmm. And there's, like, this old woman— like chanting, reading this old Tibetan book, and they said, they mentioned some like the Book of Death from Egypt. It was it was it was a lot to process. But basically, I found myself in that situation. And again, this kind of volunteer work using Workaway as a website that I used to find these jobs. This is like going super deep into culture where. It I'm, I was only in that position because I said yes to this job. And this was just like his community of people here in rural Vietnam. So that was like a wild thing that happened recently. Yeah.
0: <laughs> that's Dude, that's crazy. I wish I, I have so many more questions around that, but just for the sake of time... Um, yes. I think we'll have to, and I, yeah, I think no, it would be cool. You just this is like a super interesting thing you're doing, and and you already have a lot of really interesting, great stories. And I think there's only going to be more interesting in, in in other stories that are going to be really awesome. And so it'd be really cool to just kind of keep up with you and maybe do some micro episodes in between along the journey, maybe like once a month, just to kind of catch up and see where you're at, how things are going. That way people can follow along with your journey. I think that'd be really cool. What do you think about that?
1: Dude, yeah, that'd be rad. Uh, I'm, I'm into it for sure, man. That'd be cool. All
0: right. So that was like the super, you know, interesting thing that happened. What about the more personal?
1: Sure. So I left left this, this farm, as I mentioned, that I was working at in Malaysia. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got a phone call from my mom when I was in Kuala Lumpur and she was just crying, just bawling, crying on the phone. And, um, she was really struggling with basically my life choices. And for her, it's like super unconventional. She's very blue collar, very by the books. Like, you know, you just kind of, you, you just work every day and you just focus on like retirement and this kind of stuff and like having a house and, you know, she was crying and saying she wanted, she, she really wanted me to come home. She thought my, she saw a photo of me and, and she said it was very dark. And, you know, she, I tried to explain like, look, I don't expect you to understand like one, just sort of like my, the way I do things in terms of like cinema and like having a very cinematic style and, and it can be dark. And I'm just looking at lighting. Right. And like kind of playing with the light and, my mom just sees it as like something that's dark. Right. Or, mm-hmm. and I, and I told her like, it's also really playful. Like I take a, a photo or something and I don't, I'm not as attached to it as she thinks I am. I'm just trying to like create a sort of mood or, or perspective. Right. I mean, obviously you know what that's all about. So there was that. And then again, just like her not being okay with my lifestyle and and choosing to do this. And, um, you know, it was really hard to hear her crying and like, it was the holidays, Christmas, New Year's, and she doesn't have a lot of people back home, you know, again, she was a single, single mother who raised me. So we were very close and that's been, that's taken a toll and it's, it's made me realize like, you know, your dreams have major costs and the reason why it was pivotal for me or critical was I, I just I knew inside like I was only operating I, and I have only been operating based on like my heart and and what I really want to do and what I believe is the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. And I told her, I was like, look, I don't expect you to understand. I think later on you will. Um, it's not easy to respond to words, but it's easy to respond to action. And I've said I'm going to go out and make this movie, and I will. Um, when it's done, I think when she watches it, she'll feel differently about it. She'll realize it, that it was a good thing, you know, because ultimately with the film, it's like, I'm just trying to communicate a message. And I know I'm not going to save the world, but I want to try and be that match for people. And And I think that's what this will do is I just want to... Bring people together And I, I also hope that people aren't scared of the world after seeing something like this and uh, get off their ass and, and just go for it.
0: No, dude, that's that's super admirable. And as far as your mom goes, that's always like a tough, tough situation, you know, because a lot of these people, they they think they're protecting you out of love, you know, and they do love you. But The sad thing is oftentimes it's fear that's guiding them. And so, you know, like I've gone through similar things like you're going through or, you know, my whole life, I was always an entrepreneur and I've always taken like very difficult roads rather than just like getting the good job. And at once at one time, you know, I had the really good job and my family is really happy, but I was dying inside. And so I I left and went back out on my own. And they're just like, you know, why do you always have to go against the grain? Why do you always have to do things your way? Like, this is a proven path and all these things. And, and I just one day, I just realized, I'm like, dude, they told like, they're not trying to, sh- they're not trying to stop me from achieving my dreams. They love me, you know, they want nothing more than to see me happy and all that stuff. But they're just afraid because they don't They've never started their own business and they've never been an entrepreneur and they've never seen these types of things and they're not used to these things and all they know is the same stuff that they've been fed and they just want me to follow the same path because it just kind of worked good enough for them. And and now that things are a little different and they've seen some success and, and, and whatnot, they, they understand and appreciate what I do, but it took a long time for them to understand and you know it's probably going to take your mother a long time to to really understand what you're doing and why you're doing and, you know, this journey that you're on and, and it's not, you know, you're just getting started, you know, this is going to be a long, you know, you're going to be on a long journey of, of rediscovering the world around you being inspired by it and, and really rediscovering yourself because, you know, a lot of us don't really know our own selves as, as, as much as we think. And by traveling alone, you get, you know, you have so much time
1: on your hands. Like you're going to really get to know yourself Sure, sure, man. How did you feel when like your family was sort of like maybe not attacking you, but like, you know, like, I don't know. I'm just curious, like how your emotional state was like when you felt like they were like, really, you were just on opposite ends of
0: oftentimes crushed and, and frustrated and angry, you know, sometimes because it's like, these are the, these are the people that are supposed to love you the most and like be there for you and support you the most. And like, when you don't have their support, like you pretty much damn near feel like you're on an island by yourself. And yeah. then it's like you against the world with no support. And so for me, it came, you know, this, this happened to me at a at a point in life when I was young and, and not really that, you know, I didn't have the, the mental proficiency that I have now. I was just in a much weaker mindset. And so it really got to me and I would doubt myself and it put a lot of fear in me that, you know, maybe I, I, maybe I can't do this. Like maybe I should get a job. And it just, it put me in more, it did more harm than anything. Cause it just made me second guess everything, even though like I wasn't going to necessarily move from the path that I was, that I had chose because that's where my heart kept leading me. But then I have like I have this conflict of my heart wants me to go this way, but my mind and and subconscious and conscious mind is like, yo, listen to your family, listen to these people that love you. It's gonna be hard. You don't have the money to do this. You don't come from wealth. You don't, whatever the hell it may be, all these different things. And I got to the point to where I finally just said, screw everyone. I'm going to do my thing, you know, and, and if you love me and support me, you'll be there for me. And at the end of the day, I always told myself once this stuff works out, my parents will finally understand, you know, once they see me having some success and, and doing my own thing and realizing like, Oh, wow, he's doing better than all of our other kids now. And like, look at him. And that, you know, yeah. now they're proud. And now they like to brag about what I do and stuff, yeah. uh, but it doesn't always start that way. And you just got to know, like, Hey, you just got to be strong and, and you just got to be a man. And you just, you just got to always love your family because that's all they do is love you but at the same and so you can't hate them for for disagreeing with you you just almost you more or less just have to realize like hey they're just not conscious they don't really understand they are legitimately not conscious enough to understand my decisions and what I'm doing and where I'm at I'm operating at a level that they don't necessarily comprehend um, or not allowing in and yeah. so I just let them talk when I'm around them and I would just ignore it I would be like, yeah, you guys can tell me how dumb I am for doing this and blah, blah, blah. And I'll, I'll listen, but I'm not actually, I'm not taking anything personal that you're saying. I'm looking at you like, I love you. And I'm so happy that I have you guys and that you guys care enough. But you, you know, in my head, I'm also like, you're going about it the wrong way. And I'm just going to wash this. The moment I leave this house, none of that's going to stick to me. Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah. It's, it's ironic. It's ironic too, because the next day my, I called my mom and sort of ended up just being, like, she She wasn't as upset, and and it ended up being about issues unrelated to, like, me and me doing what I'm doing, but more about things, like, going on with her and her life, and, you know, again, maybe coming from a place of insecurity about things, and um, getting older and stuff like that, so, yeah, man, it's interesting, like, I'm sure it's similar, it sounds like, for, for your situation, and, you know, like, it was just, con- I mean, it's not like they don't love you, it's just, like, maybe coming from a place of insecurity and on the other end, you are so secure about like, this is what I want. This is, this, this is making me happy. And I feel like I have purpose in doing this and you just kind of had tunnel vision from there. It sounds like, right. So,
0: yeah. And so, and you'll, and you'll run into that, you know, with other people, other loved ones, girlfriends, et cetera. But you just, you're a man on a mission, man, and, and you got real vision and you got real courage and like, thank you. Like that's that's difficult, you know. Like you got more courage than ninety something percent of the rest of the world. Like most people would never, you know, most people talk about doing things like you're doing and this and that, and they they romanticize and fantasize about these things, but dreaming and taking action towards something important to you is a whole different. It's a whole different ballgame. And so I had a lot of respect for for what you're doing and how you're going about it. And I'm excited to to keep up with the journey, to follow the journey and to uh, continue to share the journey with the rest of the audience. I think I mean, it's just it's cool, man. What you're doing is really, really interesting.
1: Dude, highly, highly appreciate the words. Thank you. Yeah, no,
0: absolutely. So what's what's next for you?
1: What's next? Um, so you're in Vietnam. So, How
0: long are you there? Where are you going next?
1: Yeah, so right now I'm working at this tea house in northern Nam. And it's actually a lot of it has to do with rural development. And a lot of these people can't even speak English. So like I'm working at this tea house, learning a bit about tea. There's some tea picking up in the mountains where supposedly there's some tree, tea trees that are like 1,000 years old. Um, that are hidden, that only, like, the locals know about, because often Chinese try to come here and buy these, like, really ancient trees and uh, bring them to China and stuff like that. But So I'll be here for a while, and then I'm going... Actually, just for a few days, I'm going back to Malaysia to help the farmer for this, like, big event. He's having this big moment... This farmer's gathering, he's pushing, like, organic farming in East uh, Southeast Asia, which is not very common. And uh, there's going to be, like, 200 farmers, and he wants me to go and help. Mostly, I'm actually going to probably help make a video for him. And then I'm going to Nepal for for another volunteer job. i um, not sure exactly what that is yet. I, there's a few, maybe farming, probably agriculture, but looking to get up into the mountains um into some small earthquake affected villages maybe where i can help out um so that's that's kind of like it's really hard to plan but that's that's sort of like the foreseeable future everything's pretty day-to-day yeah pretty tunnel vision you know like it's actually kind of interesting yeah
0: i was just gonna say it's some real modern day exploring at its core and like the funny thing is we live in such uh a fear-driven society like most people are just terrified to, they most of the world would think what you're doing is i guess most of the western world would think what you're doing is so dangerous and so terrifying and the average american male or or you know male or woman would be like there's not a chance i would do that and just bounce around from rural country to rural from one rural village to the next rural village, picking up these random side jobs, being the only American, no one speaking English and just figuring it out. Like that's, that's going to build some incredible character and is going to definitely
1: add a lot of value to your life, you know? Yeah, man, it's, it's been amazing so far. And and I, but I, I do want to recognize that like, I'm really not, special and like I believe anybody can do this and that's why I, I love volunteer work because it's a different form of travel and it's very accessible you know like right now I'm I'm like just spending on food maybe like 120 150 like a month like between food and lodging like or like like for example it depends like some of the like some of the places in Asia in Asia charge a small fee but like volunteer jobs in Europe don't charge anything just because they have more money. Um, So like, for example, this volunteer place, the money is going back into the food. So basically like right now there's like eight volunteers, Mm -hmm. right? But if they didn't charge any money, they would maybe only be able to have like two volunteers at a time. You see, like, so they try to create like a bigger community by having more volunteers. And like, some of the money, dude, it's like going to like, there's a, we're in a village, right? So at night we go to this little kind of bamboo hut thing. And we teach like the little, like 11 to 16 year old kids around here. There's like 13 of them. They come every night, dude, to learn English. And like, it's going to like the paper they use and like books. And I I don't mind giving them three or $4 a day to like be here and do that, you know? So again, it's, it's more about giving your time because it is the most valuable thing you have. Like Mm -hmm. do not get it twisted. Right. Like, you know, you can come in and have all this money, but I mean, you're not going to live forever. It's your time. That's the most, most valuable. So
0: I love it. I love it. Before we wrap up uh, one last thing, because our time is definitely coming to an end. Yeah. Jared Lamont, we're going to be following the adventure. We'll be on again with him next month. We'll have an update on the story, where he's at, how things are going. With that said, okay. though, what do you want to leave the AOV community with today? Mm. What, type of, what type of inspiration, motivation do you want to leave them with before you mic drop?
1: Don't take any advice. I love it. Don't take any advice, baby. Just just listen to yourself, especially as a creative When you're starting out or even if you're if you're struggling or or transitioning into something new like sometimes being isolated and like finding your own lane and and just listening to yourself and and creating for yourself always like do not like i don't know i can't create something unless i have like emotion an emotional response to it otherwise i just don't want to shoot i don't want to edit and i think having that sort of approach and attitude has like led me into a situation where I'm basically living my dream. Like I'm, I'm literally like, all I want to do is tell us, tell stories at like an Epic scale. And like, I, I didn't have any money and like, I didn't even think people would want to help me. I was planning to go to Australia and work for an entire year just to make the amount of money I needed to raise on Kickstarter. And like, I couldn't believe the people that were willing to help me and without them without community none of it would have been possible you know it's the one-way mafia and uh, it's not it's me it's 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 all of them and and uh again they're like not taking advice and just like listening to what what's on the inside and, and sticking sticking to your guns and and just never 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 compromising on that has like got me into this situation and i i couldn't be more stoked so just don't take any fucking advice
0: boom i appreciate you coming on the show jared yeah.
1: and uh we'll catch up
0: again with you here in a couple of weeks right on bro i appreciate you having me Hey guys, thanks for listening to another episode of the AOB Podcast. Our goal here at Art of Visuals is to keep everything free and to Creep, creating great tools and resources for you guys to utilize to to achieve all your guys' dreams in the photography, filmmaking, and content creation world, even entrepreneurship. With that said, we've picked up Adorama as a sponsor to help us cover some of our costs, and we're grateful for them. All we ask of you guys is if you're going to purchase gear, we'd really love it if you guys would head over to Adorama.com and make your purchase there instead of uh, elsewhere. And just know that when you guys do that, you guys will also somewhat be supporting Art of Visuals and allowing us to continue to create great content for you guys, uh, like our podcast, our free app, and a lot of the other great things we do. Also, if you listen to the podcast, all of the AOV presets are now free. So check out Our website, shop.artivisuals.com. Go get some free presets. The artist presets are still for sale. If you want to support the artist and you should support the artist, uh, just know that that money goes to them. And we're also going to be reworking that commission structure uh, here in the next month. So we're really stoked about that. But go get some free presets. And if you guys want to buy gear, please support us. Help us out. Go to adorama.com. Peace.